welcome to Breakout, an escapist podcast about all things games, movies, TV, and the life that exists in between them. My name is Marty Sleeve, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nick Calandra, Casey Wosu. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hello. Look at that, episode three. There's a life outside of games and TV and movies. There, it, it's, it's, it's the tangential. It's how we get from one thing to the other. And sometimes there's stories about uh, uh, summer camp, and other times there's a story about drinking, and other times Nick's just angry. So yeah, there you go. Mostly those are the, just angry. Yeah, those are the, would, <laughs> those are the yeah, big three. I was actually at a meetup last night, and I found out a new way to travel to work even more efficiently. What from because like I already travel? Well, I already travel to work efficiently because I work from home, so I get up out of my bed and go to my computer chair. <laughs> but I have a rolling chair, so I could just roll myself back to bed, put my chair next to the bed. Mm-hmm go to sleep, roll out of bed, back into the chair, roll back into the office. Then I don't have to use any extra energy. So did you only watch the first half of Wally and did you not get to the second <laughs> half where all those dudes are just like living in their chairs? You're like, ah, oh, I get it. I've never cool, watched Wally. Cool actually. movie about a robot. Well, if you watch the second half, you will see your dream life. <laughs> yes. I'm uh, almost certain that that would take more energy to push yourself in the chair. Like at least in Wally, those chairs were like automatic well and especially on carpet like pushing a chair on carpet like <laughs> yeah, but you have to realize easy. like getting out of bed is the hardest part so if i don't that, have to sit that's up and true. get out of bed i can just roll into the chair and then actually i have an even better idea i will attach a leash to my chair and max will pull me into my office <laughs> don't let me hear why, this <laughs> why, don't, why don't you just bring all of your streaming equipment into your bed and you can live there like a little sloth boy for the rest of your life <laughs> <laughs> my 600 pounds dream <laughs> oh my I br- god I br- that's not bad <laughs> i bring this up because i went to the gym the mor- this morning and i'm very sore and i'm regretting it so so there you go did you ask your uh, your trainer like hey is there any way i could like uh, just get a chair that takes me to the gym and then i never have to get out of the chair uh well yeah i mean like you know he has me do like the elastic band like the resistance bands mm-hmm. and so my other idea was just tie a resistance band to slingshot me back and forth to where i need to go yeah yeah that would then you result had- in your own death <laughs> yes that, wasn't there that ps3 game pain that was all about yes like, slingshotting i fucking love that game oh my god do you remember that casey that was no, a, I don't think I've heard of it. It came, one. it came, it came with the PS3 for free, yeah. and it was the first game I ever had on there. Actually, that and Metal Gear Solid Four were the first games I ever had on my PS3, and I've yeah. never played a Metal Gear Solid game before. And I fucking love Pain, and also uh, that was, I got my dad to sit down and watch that game. He thought it was the most ridiculous thing ever. And then there was the mode. Uh, 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 bowling, yeah, yeah, human bowling, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he loved that. He wanted to play that like every night for a while. <laughs> yeah, pain was like uh, it was like burnout's crash mode combined with jackass, and so it was like yeah. launching a human being with ragdoll physics. In Wasn't that a mode in like skate and like yeah, the Saints Row series? Wow, there's a there's a mode in skate. skate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I was trying to do a sly segue. No, that was I, good because I forgot that was actually one of our topics. Oh no, perfect. <laughs> oh yeah, our topics. Uh, some of the things we're going to talk about today are uh, sort of just a general topic on what we expect or want from a video game reveal, and that's kind of on the heels of uh, we got an update on Skate Four this week that wasn't really an update, and so I kind of want to talk about that hype cycle. Uh, I want to touch on crossover IP and how that's just becoming the new raison d'etre of seemingly every brand. Uh, I watch Space Jam 2, but thinking about everything from Kingdom Hearts to Ready Player One and how there's just 
this sort of glut of uh, of, of worlds colliding. Uh, then we were going to touch on the billionaire space race because Jeffrey Bezos finally did it. And he finally <laughs> made his way to space <laughs> along with his other fantastic four buddies. Uh, and then we were going to touch on uh, Pokemon Go Fest a little bit, which I attended this weekend. And oh boy, that game is still wonderful. Uh, but yeah, starting off with skate. Uh, so last and craft beer and craft beer. You you can talk about Finally. craft beer whenever you want. That's it's this is your this is this it was the hook of the whole show. That's the only reason people are showing up. And we didn't talk about it. We had one comment mentioning why aren't you talking about craft beer yet? Was it by like your alt? Right, like did Red did Wings you for write life. This comment? <laughs> I should make that. I should just make an alt for that. Like Nick, it's so just cl- every 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 video. Red Wings are good still, right? Yeah, Nick. The, your profile picture is you. This is a bad alt. This is clearly you. Or rather, his profile picture is of. Will Wheaton. Yeah. <laughs> did you, did you, I told you yeah. that he looks like, like he looks, he legit looks exactly like you. Yes. It's yeah. creepy. So to anyone who watched the Outer Wild stream, uh, uh, Nick was trying to remember a friend of his told him he looked like a celebrity and he couldn't think of what the celebrity was. And we had a lot of guesses uh, uh, that that kind of failed. And then finally, uh, he remembered it was Will Wheaton. And if you look up that specific picture, no, of Will a Twitter Wheaton. user, oh, a Twitter yeah. user found it like just. They had to Google searched it. Uh, Twitter user named Lou. I was like, "Holy shit! Yep, that was it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty spot on, especially with the glasses. Uh, but yeah, Skate Four. Uh, so it was announced uh, last summer. As, you know, the 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 Skate series sort of had this cult following. It went dormant for almost the better part of a decade. Last summer, EA announced uh, that they're bringing it back, and that was pretty much all they said. That. We decided to do this. So we have people in a room thinking about it now. And then a year passed. And uh, prior to the upcoming EA Play, uh, the skate team uh, released a video saying, like, hey, we're, we're, we're not going to be at EA Play, but we wanted to give you an update on the game. And all it was was like a short one minute video of reaction shots of skate YouTubers like YouTubers who, who stream skate mm-hmm. and they were watching footage of skate four and being like, Oh man, <laughs> look at that. Oh, this looks incredible. And at the end it was like, bye, we'll see you guys later. Um, and like, I don't, I didn't even watch that. Did they show any? No, the literally no, watching? no, no, no. It it's was just, just the fucking reaction. It was just the reaction <laughs> shots. And so it got me thinking, like, I'm excited. I like skate and I'm excited yeah. for, for more skate, but it got me thinking like, this game was just announced too early, right? And not only was it announced too early, well, I don't even know why they showed the thing they just did. And so, yeah, I kind of wanted to talk about like what for you is the sweet spot of announcing a game, and what uh, like what do you want to see when a game is revealed? Uh, well, EA is kind of EA is so weird because like they'll they'll release like Battlefield, right? Like they announced it a couple months ago. And now it's coming out in October. They're not doing a huge like hype thing before, mm-hmm. so whatever. Uh, and then, yeah, you mentioned the Dev Diary Skate. All they've released for drag the new Dragon Age is Dev Diary stuff with like the smallest of glimpses of footage over like almost three years. Yeah, that first that first teaser, the first reveal was trailer was 2018? like 2018. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, Game Awards 2018, I think, which is wild. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, they released a teaser from Mass Effect super early. It's like that's not that's not coming until like 2026, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know. Like ga- game reveals for me, like if I see a CG trailer now, I just don't care. Uh, and, and that's just part of being in the games media for so long because you see a CG trailer for like I don't know 
agent and it just never shows up again yeah or dead island CG trailer. yeah <laughs> yeah and so unless i see the game in action and a release date anymore like I'm like cool i'll pay attention later mm-hmm. starfield's kind of the same way even though we got a release date it's another year off so uh i mean starfield I think, uh, was announced alongside the elder scrolls 6 and that game is a oh, game yeah, yet it's definitely not a game <laughs> yet <laughs> was, wasn't there just a new story on elder scrolls 6 that they're not even like in development yet they're no they're still in space they're still in space yeah. they haven't even got that back down to that fantasy world yet like it, it really does feel like especially for these bigger companies these reveals aren't necessarily to let you know that a product is coming they're to serve the purpose of like either a fervent fan base that keeps bugging them about whether or not this thing is coming or yeah. investors who are like, Hey, we need some buzz around this company. Like, what are you guys working on? So mm-hmm. like they say, this is going to be there eventually, hopefully. And that's enough to kind of just move that needle publicly. But like years of development are still kind of left to actually get through. Yeah. I mean, Ubisoft is notorious for that because I mean, they're such a massive company that they, they announce things and give them windows. And it, it is because like they want to be able to say, Oh, by Q2 of, of uh, the fiscal 2022, 2023 year, we'll have a new Assassin's Creed game. And then it'll just be like, Oh, well, well that's not going to happen. Like we have to, we have to push that six months. But Ubisoft is also an interesting example because I think the same day of that skate doc, we got the reveal of Tom Clancy's X Defiant, which uh, I don't know. It's, it's not. It's not for me. Like what? what it's like a, a, a hero shoot. I don't even know why the name Tom it's Clancy free, free is in to it. Play, call free of to Duty play. hero yeah. shooter. So like whatever. That's almost a separate topic of the game's quality. But it was revealed with a gameplay trailer, and then the early access is going to be in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And to me, Nick, earlier when you brought up EA, one of the examples I always think of, which is wild, is Apex Legends was revealed and released on the same day. day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is like mind boggling, uh, especially when you, uh, again, like touch on EA and how there was an entire E3 a couple of years ago that their presentation was pretty much just dev diaries because their games were yeah, so right. like early in development. And so it was like, here's Mirror's Edge 2 and here's Battlefront or whatever it was. Um, yeah. So I remember that. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's 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 weird to kind of hit that sweet spot. I think like I think they're taking some cues from like the movie industry and the MCU where like you know the roadmap of the next next 10 years of Marvel movies. Like I think Xbox has really followed that cuz you know when it comes to like a subscription service, they want you to stay invested in it and you know when you see okay, over the next 4 months I'm getting this, next year I'm probably getting this and then down the line I'm getting all this. Uh mm-hmm. So I don't really have a problem if like it's just saying, hey, yeah, uh, Perfect Dark's in development. Going to be a while, but it's coming. Uh, and, and I don't know. It's kind of a double standard on my part because I'm like, well, we only got a CG trailer for that too. Mm-hmm. You know? and, uh, but I, like, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I guess Xbox is not the greatest example because they don't have a really good track record <laughs> well, right now. No, but so. I, I kind of I agree with you on that, especially the Perfect Dark example, because that was confirmation of a thing that we didn't necessarily know was coming. Right. So yeah. like it's, it serves its purpose that way. Like the CG trailer, I guess is icing on the cake, but it doesn't necessarily speak to what the game will actually be. But if you call it like a game reveal, I guess, or like, for example, like the dragon age thing, like, you knew, you know, at some point they were going to make a new dragon age, 
Mm-hmm. So for you to then say, oh, it's going to be this and then have nothing to show is like, well, why did you bother telling us? Like, we know what's coming eventually. Show us when you have something to show. If it's yeah. something brand new, then you can probably get away or at least something that's very old and is coming back. You can maybe get away with just letting us know that it's going to come eventually. Yeah. You you brought up a good point earlier, Casey, about how uh, Perfect Dark and Fable seem like two examples of games that they almost announced to like shut people up. Yeah, you'd be like, all right, yeah, we're doing it, guys. Just for like, sure. chill out, everyone. We're doing this, and then they're like, yeah. these are the teams behind them, and now everyone's like, okay, cool. And like, I'm not. Now that those games have been revealed, I'm not like you know banging my dinner table asking for more. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I understand those games probably won't come till <laughs> right, you know, next yeah. year, most likely 2023. Um, it is weird when you announce something like uh, last year they announced uh, Avowed, that which is like sort of the, the Skyrim like game from Obsidian. Uh, and that's like a new IP. The trailer didn't really tell you anything what the game is going to be like. And again, that's probably not a game that'll be out till 2023. So I'm not even sure with a new game like that, like almost what was the point of revealing yeah. it that early? Um, yeah, that, that doesn't know. do anything for the game. But what that yeah. does, again, like Nick was saying, that speaks to the like you the value of Xbox Game Pass because it lets those people know that this is something you can look forward to, especially since Xbox is always getting beat on about not having first party exclusives. Like, hey, yeah. this is a first party exclusive that will yeah. come. Th- Xbox is like in that unique position where like they needed to announce things, even if it was a bit early. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just just to like set the expectation of like, hey, I mean, because if you look at their lineup, they have like 20 exclusives coming out. Oh, yeah. It's wild. Like probably four years. Oh, it's, yeah. It's insane. Absolutely. Uh, and I think uh, on the on the other hand, too, like the industry is always complaining about how secretive things are. Mm-hmm. So I think I think there's like a balance of like you announce the CG trailer and by the next year you better be ready to show something. Yeah. Not yeah. EA's like whole Dragon Age thing where we're gonna announce it with a CG trailer and then next year we have another CG trailer and then next year we have a dev diary. Yeah. And next year we have a C- uh, uh, concept art. Like mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, you're going behind. You're going backwards here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, every once in a while there'll be a big game where I feel like I'm kind of amazed at how they handle the reveal. Um, two that come to mind in the past couple of years were uh, Mar- the first Mario Rabbids game uh, uh, for Switch and then Fallout 4. And both of those games were um, kind of leaked beforehand, like reports that they were in development beforehand. But then I believe at their respective E3s, they were shown off in like a massive chunk. Like, here's the reveal. Here's a ton of what the game yeah. is. And it's out in a few months. And I think yeah. Mario Rabbids was out that August, and then for Fallout, it was out that fall. Um, out. <laughs> Fallout. Uh, but, uh, um, but yeah, to me, that's like a level of confidence where I guess for like a Fallout game or something with Mario, you don't need like several years to convince people that this is a game they want or to tell the story. It's like, it's Mario. You're going to buy it because you're a big dummy. And I bought it because I'm a big dummy, but the game is actually good. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I feel like there's no sweet spot to it, but I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I do think there are different situations where early reveals are beneficial for a number of reasons. The question is, like, who who are these reveals meant for? Right. Because like some of the announcements are for kind of like the corporate side or just the public relations side, like just yeah. eyeballs on the company and how that company is perceived by like the player base. Right. But then the others are for the actual players, like the people who they want to play the game, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, we just announced this this new thing that you guys have been waiting for. Get in early. You know, like you have beta access or alpha access or something. And then the game is out just later. Like that's because they want a bunch of people actually playing that game like relatively soon. Yeah. So like 
they jump on the hype. So like the announcement is followed by the actual game release in much shorter order. Mm-hmm. So like I, I do think it varies. Like there <clears throat> there probably isn't like a perfect sweet spot. Like but cause, but we can always point to when you know, a good version has happened and when a bad version has happened. Yeah. yeah it's like there was that, uh, I remember there was like a senator who uh, back in like the 70s or 80s had to testify before Congress and was asked about pornography. And he said, I can't define pornography, but I know it when I see it. And that's kind of uh-huh. how I feel about a good or a bad reveal is like, I don't know exactly <laughs> what the what the definition is. But if I if you show me a reveal, I'll be like, oh, that was good. Or yeah, that, that was a good one or that one. Was yeah. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like the way yeah, reveals I'm are handled. Okay. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm okay with them being like, I think the industry needs to be less secretive just in general because like, you know, you, you let years of speculation mm-hmm. fester like that. And then when it doesn't, like people build this own idea of what that reveal is going to be in their head. And then when it doesn't happen, you get all the toxic discourse bullshit on social media too. So yeah. And I, that's, you know, at least with like the MCU, you know, their lineup is announced. There's no speculation about what's coming it's going to be what is it going to be about speculation yeah and then your expectations are kind of set in that yeah in that regard. but even like the mcu and uh the the dc movies or like the, the all the star wars stuff they announced uh, uh last winter uh that stuff mm-hmm. isn't set in stone like two of those star wars projects that they announced uh in the winter have already been canceled and what was the other one? Uh, there was the 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 range uh, the high Rangers the Rangers of the, of the Republic, and then one of the movies got canceled. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but Didn't the they cancel this- and then uncancel the Obi Wan solo show or something. I th- yeah, they had like a they had a huge problem with the Obi Wan. Uh, uh, like they had to I think like do a complete rewrite, but now that yeah something like, like that in full development. And then the MCU did the same thing with when they announced a giant slate of movies. One of them was the Inhumans movie. And that obviously never happened. Shit. And it became a TV show that was really bad. And yeah. DC is notorious for announcing a ton of movies. And then they, they don't know what they're doing with the DCU. So they kind of switch things up and the Joker makes a billion dollars. Yeah. So they have no idea what the fuck to, to do with like their movies. Four different Batmans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. It's like right now. <laughs> yeah. I love my Batman. Um, so the DCU did the multiverse before Marvel. Oh right? shit! Flashpoint. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's I don't know. That's just uh, something I noticed, and and uh, there was reveals even at E3 that uh, uh, what was the uh, the Xbox exclusive Avalanche game cross yeah. contraband. Oh, contraband. Contraband. Yeah. yeah, which that was a trailer where like I looked down to take a note and I looked up and it was over and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what the hell was this <laughs> was about? A, a, a trailer with a compass and a map. Yeah. And I'm like, and then well, you find out later it's like Mad Max with cars and and yeah. heights. And, and I'm like, well, like, how is the trailer supposed to tell me that? Exactly, exactly. It's not like again, if the, if a similar trailer like that ended with Uncharted Five, you'd be like, ah, I know what this is. But by ending with contraband, you're like, I don't know, is that a thing? Like, should I know what contraband sure, is? Like, are we yeah. are we in trouble? Like, <laughs> yeah, are we in trouble? <laughs> are the cops coming? Uh, so yeah, and I think uh, every this isn't like a. Uh, platform agnostic like everyone is guilty of bad reveals and everyone should be lauded for good reveals so i don't think this is this isn't a western versus Jap- japanese like everyone's you know kind of screwed the pooch on reveals or shown things too early from you know metroid prime 4 to scale bound and crackdown 3 to you know, showing death strand or showing the last guardian and then having it not come out for a decade for sony so yeah <laughs> crackdown 3 man oh was- god Oh, I was so excited for that game. I was uh, and the 
I, I was watching uh, 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 Summer Games Done Quick speedrun of uh, Blast Core. If you guys remember that game, it was an N64 game by Rare where you pretty mm-hmm. much just like played as like trucks and mechs and stuff and just wrecked shit. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, man, this with that original idea for crackdown where like they'd use the cloud to have volumetric destruction on the city i'm like i just want a game where like i hop in a robot and just tear shit up in a city like how nice would that be to use that tech and i feel like now microsoft's kind of actually close to having that tech be real like their their cloud gaming is like a real thing and it doesn't it's not a thing they're kind of half-assing and are gonna like uh you know try to shove under the rug at a certain point like it feels like a real thing so i'd love to see a game actually take that initial crackdown idea and run with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they will come back to that. It just won't have the name crackdown attached to it. <laughs> yeah, I would, be, I would be completely fine if they just completely rebooted crackdown as an IP. I think there's a lot. I think is I think is a really, but also you know forget all that. Viva Pinata, bring it back. <laughs> we need the power of the cloud to be able to render listen, each and every piece of candy inside listen those weird Vivo Pinata I, 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 Microsoft needs to hire me that is a fucking gold mine of an IP uh, uh, and also like yes I'm gonna get yelled at but that game is like designed for games as a service already where you just release a new location new mm-hmm. pinatas every few months yeah money 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 like it's, it would come in businessman nick comes out like you guys already got nope. nick's money no no I, I completely, i've said the same thing about how it it blows my mind that animal crossing isn't riddled with microtransactions and it doesn't have yeah, a like single so, microtransaction so, i can't believe i can't believe sony and microsoft both don't have like all right microsoft has their fucking version of a view pinata sony like what are you guys doing like that that is the casual yeah. game that you are not capitalizing on yeah uh, just give capitalist, me like, capitalist pig calandra over yeah. here <laughs> i do i do like that i feel like viva pinata is the last game i would expect you to have like be a big fan of because I, I associate with you with like there's halo a, and being really good at yeah, shooters yeah. and stuff well, there, there's a funny story behind that one uh so Christmas, what year did that come out like two th- that mass effect and gears of war all seven came out i 2007. think seven yeah yeah so I got all three of those for Christmas. I convinced my parents to get me Gears of War because I was only oh shit, 2007. How, how old was I then? 1995. 12? Uh, like 12, yeah. Uh, so I convinced my parents to get me Gears of War because I said it was just like Halo. Because <laughs> no. you're killing aliens. Yeah, and then I also true. convinced them to get Mass Effect because you're also killing aliens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, There's plenty of they know, like, in Mass Effect that you kill. Yeah. It's also plenty of aliens you have sex with in Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> but uh, so I was at, we were at my grandma's house for Christmas. I, I got Gears of War and I stupidly opened that up to play it. And my parent, my mom walks down and the first thing she sees is me chainsawing through, chain, chainsawing through a motherfucker. Just him sc- bleeding all over the place, screaming curse words. And she's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> And I was like, it's okay. You balanced it out with a Viva Pinata. So I put that in. She's like, this is much better. Stick with this. <laughs> <laughs> and, then I, and then I ended up, I, I, yeah, Viva Pinata is like one of those games I had no interest in. They just picked it up mm-hmm. and I ended up loving it. Yeah, I thought it was great. It's just it's just a really relaxing game to play mm-hmm. until you stupid red, stupid pinatas come in there and fuck up your garden i like them with a shovel i like the surprisingly idea. violent game i like the idea that you have therapy sessions where you just 100 percent talk about your like viva pinata nightmares <laughs> <laughs> like clearly uh, gears scarred nick as a young child and sure, yeah. pinata balanced him back out 
<laughs> no, Mass Effect balanced me back out. <laughs> uh, so the uh, other thing we wanted to talk about was uh, I watched uh, Space Jam 2 over the weekend, and uh, it's, I don't know, pretty bad. Like, whatever. I don't know. If I was a kid, I'd maybe, I am hearing I'd maybe mixed like reviews. It. Like, a lot of critics right. are saying it's bad, but a lot of, like, just regular folks on the internet are saying, like, I liked it. It was fine. My it's kids totally, loved it. It's not, like, offensively bad. If I was a kid... The one th- okay, one weird thing before I get into the, the, the actual topic is like it has so many very specific references to a LeBron James's career. So like, unless you like have followed his career and his like his moves and specific like moments in games, jokes will go over your head. And b a lot of jokes to like deep into WB's like past. There's like an entire scene in the Casablanca bar, and I'm like. Where is the crossover in all of this? But the crossover is the thing I wanted to talk about because, like, that movie is just, like... First off, do you know the, the premise of the movie is that LeBron James's son wants to go to the, quote, E3 game camp, and it has the E3 logo and everything, and he wants to go to the E3 game camp where you learn to make games, but LeBron is like, don't be a nerd, you gotta... You got to play basketball. Play basketball. And, then digi- <laughs> nice. and then digital Don Cheadle Good comes premise in. premise already. <laughs> digital Don Cheadle comes in as like Agent Smith virus and tries to uh, like take LeBron's son away from him. And is like, no, we can create the game. And the game LeBron's son creates is just NBA Jam. It's just basketball with like fire spots and everything. So that's just a weird thing in the movie. But the movie is just a vomiting of of IP. And there's like no other way to call it. Like the word IP is kind of dumb in like regular parlance but Mm -hmm. like it is just it's wb being like oh here's a game of thrones reference and here's a harry potter reference and here's the the droogs from a clockwork orange and to me it it feels so different than when i was a kid and watched uh who framed roger rabbit and it was so amazing to see these different cartoon characters interacting with each other in a single thing and it felt so like unique and genuine whereas now i feel like between stuff like Fortnite and Ready Player One and this, like I am almost like immune to the idea of all these crossovers. So I'm curious what you guys think about that. Yeah, I have zero interest in watching that movie. <laughs> uh, I watched Darren's review though, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's a good he, review. He went full satire. Yeah, in that review, uh, it's funny watching some of the comments not get it. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah, the crossovers like that's kind of like the thing I have with. Marvel again, like I just, I hate that a lot of things are starting to just feel like brands and not art and you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not feeling like deep because I'll tell you what, uh, kind of, you know, break out of the topic a little bit. Uh, Ridley Scott just announced the, uh, the last fight. Is that what it was called? The last duel, the last duel. Uh, and I am all over that movie. Yeah. Like I have been waiting for like a original historical epic to come back to the big screen for fucking years. Please, God, let that be a trend that starts up again. I want it so bad. Uh, but yeah, I just this this crossover stuff and like just pure marketing and because uh, you guys, well, we just finished Loki too, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I was listening to Marvelous Escape and like one of the big complaints that people kind of fight and disagree on is like, well, it's just a trailer for you know multiverse, really. Uh, the you know uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse and Madness and all that and I I just kind of feel like that I I can't it's hard to get invested in that stuff when like there's not like a complete storyline which a lot of people are ragging on Darren for because you know he wants it to wrap up it's he wants it to be a season of TV not you know this you have to watch this yeah, not to another piece of a larger this. puzzle mm-hmm. yeah um, but also like 
I think we're in the minority in that, that people like really like getting invested in these crossover crossover things where you have to watch this and you go watch this and watch this. And it's all tied into this big, massive event at the end of it. Uh, well, I mean, so I don't, that's that's sort of the that's slightly different because like that stuff is more like shared universe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. whereas the crossovers would be like the actual like Avengers movies where everyone is in one place. Right. As opposed to these events are happening in the same place as other events that you may know about. Yeah. Well, you're also you're also talking about like crossover, just like other brands and, and getting into other like, I don't know, I think maybe a good. Well, not even, that's not even a good one. I was going to say maybe Sony's Spider-Man, you know, stuff with that. But that's all MCU yeah, anyways. But I, I feel like the MCU. I'm trying to think of what other crossover stuff there really well, is. I'm thinking of, uh, well, I'm thinking of less like uh, shared universe, like uh, monolithic storytelling, like the MCU and more mm-hmm. of uh, like just uh, franchises like coming together, like right? Ready Player like, One or like yeah. even like Smash Brothers. Um, yeah, like Smash. X Defiant. Yeah, or X Defiant. Yes. God, what a fucking stupid name. Yeah. I'm sorry. God. It's not, it's not a Why good name. Why the fuck? It sounds like a, a gamer tag. Yeah. It's also <laughs> like what? Like Tom Clancy was just, just like weirdo right wing, like oorah military man. And now his game is just like this. And it's like, well, what happened here? But you, you watch the, just, you watch the trailer. You want to talk about bad crossovers? Punk feeling with modern military shooter. No, yeah. no Ubisoft. Why? Like this, I feel like it's targeting, it's trying to target both the Tom Clancy audience and like the really hip Gen Z audience. And but like, who is the Tom <laughs> Clancy audience today? Because it's probably the fans of the books and then are the fans of the video games. Those are probably completely different people. I bet the kids, the kids playing Tom Clancy games, they probably don't even know who he is. I mean, they know that his name is tied to video games, so that's all that really that's matters. That's it, yeah. Same thing with Madden. Like, I don't know who it's that man was. <laughs> I don't need to. I know he was afraid to fly, and so he went over on a bus. That's my favorite, yeah. that's my favorite Maddenism. Yeah, I don't, I, don't really have a, I don't really have a problem with brands crossing over. Uh, it's it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of a non-issue to me. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's just, if, you, if these corporations are so massive, like, of course, they're going to try and uh, filter their audiences through one another. Yeah, just to, you know, just to kind of do it. Uh, yeah, one thing with Space I, no, Jam. I, no, I want to say I do. I do feel differently because, like, the examples Marty's mentioning, like in Space Jam and like in Fortnite, it's less so. Like, it's a commercial posing mm-hmm. as art. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas Smash Bros, which is another like big crossover game, is the opposite. It's like it's art that can act as a springboard to those other mediums. Right. Yeah. And Smash seems so earnest in what it does. Like, it doesn't seem like it's going for a cash grab. It feels like like every character they put in is put in there for, like, a very specific reason and not like, oh, well, we have this IP, so we might as well throw it in the background. So that but to be honest, they it. have done that, too. Like, Sakurai has said in some of his character reveals, like, oh, like, Nintendo came, like, hey, we want you to put this. Like, that's why yeah. Byleth was put in there, because they wanted yeah. the synergy with three houses. With, with three houses, yeah. But the thing is, Sakurai thank God cares enough about the game he made to still make that character work and like fit yeah, in yeah. and every like, it's like a very true representation of that character who's from somewhere else in that game. Yeah. So like every yeah, new character, however outlandish they are still cohesively fits into that game world. And mm-hmm. like, that's not what Fortnite does. Like Fortnite says, Hey, let me get Ryu and Chun Li who are notorious street fighters and put guns in their hands. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and for, then Fortnite, you have Fortnite, Fortnite Loki is corporate and Kratos, and yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, Fortnite is like pretty much a marketing platform. Yes. That masquerades as a game. But it works. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it does. It it's yeah. just, I, it's, well, that's what's, I think that's what's crazy to me is like how, you know, like when we look at like different audience age groups, mm-hmm. our, our age group and probably uh, what came before millennials, sorry, I'm blank, Gen, Gen X. Gen X, I think, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that 28, 25 to like 42 age range is like very like i don't market all this shit to me like give me the real art and all that and gen z is like give me all of it give me all that court but it's funny because like that i think that audience is also like you know very anti-corporate anti-capitalist but eat that shit up it's so weird i can't can't wrap my head around that one of the weirdest (laughs) things is that the the story in space jam 2 like the don Cheadle character pretty much his name is al g rhythm and he is the content algorithm and its whole thing is like as a content algorithm he's diluting like all the purity of art (laughs) and so he's the bad guy in the movie and i'm like what the fuck is this movie about? Like your villain is, <laughs> yeah. you are your villain. Like, yeah. like you have to, it's, you uh, have to understand that this movie is the villain. Um, and it's not like, I'm not offended by the movie. And again, if I was a kid, I'd probably like the movie and it was fine. I don't know, yeah. but it's just, it's very strange. Oh, it's, also it's, it's actually, it's also 1052. Okay. Uh, now that I'm, now that I'm thinking right. about it too, it, it is, it is funny. Like how like anti, I don't even know if it's anti-capitalist, but just anti-corporate, anti-capitalist, the Gen Z generation mm-hmm. is, but also are so integrated into the brands that they enjoy. Yeah. It, it's like, it's, it's, it, I don't even want to, I don't want to say it's hypocritical, but it's like, I don't know. Like I, I, this kind of goes back to the very first episode recorded where, like I said, I don't really, I'm not really a fan of anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's funny seeing that stuff. Like, cause you know, there's Gen Z though you know yeah, get excited about a shoe brand in a movie yeah <laughs> you <know>? and it's like <laughs> that being said i did uh, get excited because at the beginning of space jam 2 uh it's a flashback to young lebron james playing a bugs bunny game boy game on a game boy yeah. and they showed the game and i got excited for that so twitter was <laughs> mad about that one because they were showing it, it was it wasn't correct because it was supposed to be just the green color okay and it was actually had actual color in the game so on the game boy it was the green <laughs> color but then it it, it in his imagination it shows the game in color and it looks better and i think that was his imagination and i think that was actually a, a good point because when you think back at the games you played as a kid they looked way better than they actually did like if you go back and like play an nes game or like even like an n64 or ps1 game like that game kind of looks like trash now whereas when we were kids it's yeah. like oh fuck it this is like perfect dark was the best looking game i've ever seen now you go back you go like, <laughs> good uh, all right, Casey's, so Mo- Casey's got his weep shit going on in the background over of there. Of course he does. What, what's oh, he's got it. It's on his, on his screen. He's oh, you're right. Yeah, that actually weep just, shit. That is just a little in the background. <laughs> that is a Sega tweet. I'm just doing my job and staying abreast of the media. So fucking Mugen trains hiding all over just, the place. Just he, this is why I, this is why I need to order those cameras and have them installed so I know when Casey's <laughs> reviewing games or if he's sitting there watching weep shit. Sometimes those I are the same do thing. feel like that's illegal. That's definitely illegal. Like that's definitely like <laughs> some Patriot Act shit. <laughs> Only if he reports it. Also, wait. The last <laughs> crossover I want to talk about is no. you know you know what the crossover no. game should be. What hot topic? The store hot topic. 
should make a crossover game that has all the dumb anime shit and all the dumb superhero stuff and Nightmare Before Christmas and like Blink and like 182 cartoon characters. <laughs> yeah, and- I think that's the best. And like uh, uh, people at the cash register who just don't want to be there. I think it'd be great. And you <laughs> can get like, those- Cinnabon DLC. That's one of those stores I'd walk into and I'm like, I don't belong here. I shouldn't be here. I feel weird. Let's I don't be- it's uh, Dr. Manhattan. I don't belong in this world anymore. Yeah. And then you just- <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, people see me on streams. I kind of I like my my clothing is pretty standard fare. And I walk That's not in from there, Hot Topic. Like, no, you need my 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 underwear is maybe. But <laughs> uh talking about uh, uh, everyone's favorite Hot Topic employee. Jeff Bezos uh, recently went to space. Uh, so did, uh, who's the other? Richard Branson? Was that the other? Richard dude? Branson, yes. Richard Branson. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. We just wanted to touch on this because uh, the the footage uh, came out and well, A, Jeff Bezos kind of looks like Dr. Evil. Yeah. Uh, He's just kind of bald. And he's like, like the uh, richest like, man in the world ha- cannot grow hair on his head. Yeah, yeah. Come on, those <laughs> things are connected. Kind of looks like Doctor Evil. Uh, and then his 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 rocket went up, and it just looked like a dick and balls, like a straight up penis. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I thought I thought that was photoshopped because like I didn't watch him <laughs> go up into space, and then I I saw some tweets making fun of it. I was like, that's not real. And then I he's, go look at the video. I'm like, why? What the? Who designed? Like, did you not look at this? It's just Austin Powers. It feels like whoever designed it like doesn't like Jeff Bezos and did it on purpose to be like, yeah, oh, let's let's would, really get him when he goes into space. Yeah, um, at, least, but, at least like when it's far away, it's like small dick energy and not big dick energy. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you just like uh, minimize your window and feel like you zoom out, yeah, yeah. you can have whatever but energy. You, like. like the the fact that the richest man in the world had a rocket that literally looked like a penis built. Kind of is like, isn't that the whole thing? Like overcompensating for like shortcomings and like it's 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 a giant, giant dick shaped metaphor. That it's like a little too on the nose. Ignored, right? You know, you know what the funniest thing about it is is like in the current day and age, launching a rocket ship into space, like a uh, not through NASA or anything, a public rocket ship, and it's a meme. It's not like this world-shattering event. It's a penis meme. Well, that's because it's. It could either to me, it could either be a meme or a call to arms to finally kill the rich. Because it's like so. Well, like, I don't know about that. No, I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> Marty's Marty's onto something. Because when the man came back, he said, "Thank you, all the Amazon customers for paying for my trip to space." He said, "Thank you to Amazon employees and customers for paying my trip to space." And everyone's like, "Oh, oh yeah, I'm sure when I'm pissing in my bottle during my 15-hour shift, all I'm thinking." I want to make sure yes. my boss's boss's boss can get into like, not even real space, like fake space. He'd like, right, like went to space. You you like you touched the glass of space and then ran yeah. back home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't it's, go it's as really far sad. as saying is uh, <laughs> kill the rich, but also like damn. But also, if the gallows get erected, I'm not going to be mad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's always that Alfred Hitchcock uh, gif of him with the him with the gallow behind him. Just uh, tells you how disconnected they are from reality. But I don't know. Like, you know, with everything going on in the world right now and all these billionaires flying up to space, like, starting to get like 2012 vibes going here you know where yeah, it's where like what the do they rich, know all the all yeah all the rich had access to the 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 arcs 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. maybe we should uh, start uh, looking around the internet a bit more, and maybe these conspiracy maybe, theorists are onto something. <laughs> maybe we should uh, go to Chicago and just sort of stay close to John Cusack, so in case anything <laughs> goes down, like <laughs> he'll know how to handle this situation. Yeah. Uh, let me just send uh, Bezos one of those am- the Elgato cameras. Yeah. I don't need to send it to you guys. I'll just keep tabs on him. Like, where, where, where are you going in the evenings? Do you, I like the you richest little- man. The richest man on earth gets a two hundred dollar camera from a stranger, yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, fuck it, yeah, I'll use it." Yeah, <laughs> he paid for it. Oh, this was nice. Yeah, you don't become you know, the richest I, man. I, on I earth like using by- things that other people pay for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't become the richest man on the earth by turning down a free two hundred dollar camera. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I guess that was like I don't, I don't think we had a lot of others like I think space is amazing I think NASA is amazing I think yeah. going to the moon and going to Mars is amazing I think the private space travel is gross I think with the, the, the multitude of problems on earth and and the fact that these these men have find legal loopholes to not pay taxes while their employees piss in bottles is is gross yeah like space, they're investing good, in space tourism like that's yeah. the goal right like they want to make sure their stuff works so that they can charge people exorbitant amounts of money to have the a fun adventure of mm-hmm. getting real close to space yeah and like that doesn't serve any meaningful purpose whatsoever but it's a yeah. shit ton of money that just goes straight out straight out into space i guess yeah right? literally he literally burned it away <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, well i mean you can look at it that way and you can look at it another way it's like maybe uh amazon employees seeing their there's you know their boss riding up the spaceship in a giant dick yeah, uh, maybe they'll uh, you know start thinking about hey, you can afford that. You can afford to pay us better, right? Like, just, it's like you know what? Obviously, I should have his job. In that like thirty that seconds he was up there. They should have unionized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like how quickly can we unionize while he's in the sky? <laughs> should have just announced that while he was up there. Like, hey, we're unionizing. Oh, bye. Uh, and then uh, you can, last, now you, if you don't want to deal with it, you can stay up there. <laughs> I feel like I, I just feel like he's building a moon base. He's, he's going to go full oh, Dr. Sure, Evil. I'm he's sure have the Bob's big got, boy up there. I'm sure Bezos will probably just develop the first Death Star. <laughs> That's what this is all leading towards. But yeah. as long as I could buy a toaster and have it come the next day, then <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a hypocrite. Look, I still want to use Amazon. I just don't want Bezos to get paid for it anymore. <laughs> is that so wrong? <laughs> I still use it. I just want you to know I hate myself. So. <laughs> That's mostly mostly why I don't get into a whole bunch of those conversations. Like, I, I use this stuff. Like, what do I have to say about it? <laughs> that $200 face cam you sent to him? Amazon sent it? <laughs> you sent it via Amazon. Yeah. His employees delivered it to him. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, I think we had just a few more small things uh, each of us wanted to talk about. Uh, I uh, this this uh, past weekend was Pokemon Go Fest, which uh, this is the fifth anniversary of the game. The Pokemon Go Fest is like a, an event that happens once a year. It used to be in person, uh, and then the past few years since COVID, they've done sort of uh, uh, events. You you could be wherever you want uh, and do it, but. It was amazing playing this game for like five hours on Saturday and five hours again on Sunday uh, in, in a crowded part of my town. Uh, seeing the like, not exaggerating, thousands of people outside playing it, and not only it, it ranged from families to co- groups of college students to people playing it at outdoor bar patios to <laughs> you know people like running to different spots to to get into the different raids. And I feel like we as a whole. Uh, uh, the, the collective we, myself included, uh, take for granted how huge mobile games are. Um, 
and not even specifically Pokemon Go, although Pokemon Go like <laughs> millions of dollars a year. <laughs> But just uh, uh, like mobile games are, are insanely huge. And and something like we were talking about Genshin Impact earlier, like the amount of people who play Genshin Impact is probably way more than the people who play Breath of the Wild. Um, and granted, it's the Maybe, barrier to yeah. entry. It's, no, it's like far, you know, far it's, more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's free to get in there. But uh, I think that kind of thing, uh, you know, it, it's it's something that the like it's not the big thing to talk about in the industry. And also people who play mobile games, like kind of don't care about hearing other people talk about mobile games or anything. Like no one's <laughs> no. looking for like reviews of Pokemon go or anything, but mm-hmm. it was just kind of crazy to me how five years in how Pokemon go is still able to create a massive audience like that in my city. And I'm assuming other, all other big cities around the world. So yeah, cool stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not gonna, not gonna talk about the, uh, the Twitter wars this week, but uh, a lot of people discount mobile gaming, like you said, because like uh, you, you know, you're working on your video essay for Sky, mm-hmm. and I I had completely missed the news a year ago that that had 50 million downloads. Now it has a hundred million. Like, where the yep. fuck did that come from? <laughs> yeah, a hundred million dollars. Yeah, and Sky's the uh, that's the, the that game the company's game follow Journey. up to Journey. Uh, yeah. yeah, so oh, wow. uh, no, hundred million downloads. Yeah, and I'm like. I'm like super curious what that's what that's doing for the company because I didn't I didn't even realize like it was a games as a service title either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's free to play and there, you could play through the entire campaign without uh, spending a dime. But there's like yeah. a lot of cosmetics and seasonal passes and yeah, it's 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 yeah. wild how those mobile, games thrive. Yeah, mobile gaming gets a lot of shit uh, and. I'm going to bring it up just slightly, not not really, but like the Kotaku article on the XCOM thing. Uh, there, I, I was reading some like mobile developers talking about it. the con- context is that Kotaku called this new XCOM game shit and the industry flipped out over it, including myself, uh, just because like don't be dickheads to developers. Uh, but the the mobile developers that were commenting on it were talking about how like mobile gaming, yeah, it's huge in the US, but you also have to remember that like uh, third world countries mobile games are like some of the only games they actually have access to to play mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. who a lot of these games are designed for uh even though what's it's kind of like great they have access to those games also shitty that like it includes the gotcha mechanics that takes advantage of those people uh mm-hmm. so like there's it's a double-edged sword but you know at least i don't know people people that can only access that stuff get a lot of enjoyment out of games like that so yeah when you think about like when we were kids like you you know, we had to, I don't know, at least for me, like I'd get a game for Christmas and like a game for my birthday. And those would kind of be until I got a part time job. Those would be like the games I'd play all year. And so, like, hopefully yeah. they were good or hopefully they had a long tail because otherwise I'm playing like the Lion King on Sega Genesis. And that's yeah, just the worst, that wasn't the a good six line. months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think. Um, uh, yeah. Well, I think this whole thing with like Kotaku and all that and the way, you know, we're still talking about mobile games kind of like raises a larger point of like the industry just doesn't give mobile games the respect that they probably deserve, even though like, yes, a lot of them are predatory and all that, but like the casual audiences aren't looking for a extremely polished triple mm-hmm. a experience. They just want a game that they can sit down and play for 20 minutes and, and not think about after like, it's just escape. Man, but it's, it's crazy because uh, Apple Arcade's almost like it's it's mobile, but it's like premium mobile because you pay yeah. five dollars a month for Apple Arcade, and then you get these these games that are kind of vetted and they don't have any ads or microtransactions. Right. Um, but they released uh, Clap Hands Golf uh, a couple months ago, and it's by Clap Hands, who are the original developers of Hot Shots Golf, uh, hmm. and it is in my mind better in every way, shape, and form than the most recent Mario Golf. Like it is the Mario Golf game I wanted. 
and it is so good and it's so fun and there's so much to unlock and like the 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 rounds are so like expedited but still fun and it doesn't have any like the 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 uh the mario golf like story mode that's just sort of like a drag until you get into it uh and it's just crazy to me that like everyone playing mario golf i kind of want to be like dude for five dollars a month like you can get 100 games and one of them is a golf game that is mario golf but better but without like waluigi so yeah, i, I think the industry is really that's, slipped a, that's on. a plus that's a plus <laughs> it, i mean it'll have a breakout again but the industry's definitely slept on apple arcade because mm-hmm. i've been getting emails about like the new altos odyssey game and yeah that that's a huge series on mobile too mm-hmm. that not a lot of people talk about uh, well and all these games that used the, like there was a ton of early ios games like angry birds and and where's my water and yeah. cut the rope that were yep really good games but they were bogged down by their microtransactions and and the monetization and everything and the energy system and those games on apple arcade all of that is stripped away so it is just the gameplay and there are no walls to you and like these games are incredible and i just got a new phone recently and i'm like holy shit i want to go through all these games now (laughs) yeah i stopped playing mobile games as soon as i left high school but Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been looking at Apple Arcade because it, it yeah. looks there's it, I'm curious it's also like, a cool thing to pay five dollars f- just for a month and then blast through a bunch of stuff and then you can cancel your subscription and right easy, easy. yeah I did do that like <laughs> early on like I used my uh, fiance's iPad to like try a couple of games out and it was fun but I honestly haven't felt compelled to go back but I don't mm-hmm. maybe if you're telling me that yeah there's newer cool stuff Maybe well, I'm a big, uh, I, I play a lot of second screen stuff. Uh, so I'll have like a movie or TV show or, or up until last night, basketball on in the background and I'll, uh, play something that's why i play oh, switch congrats so much. on that by the way right like thank you so much milwaukee bucks one the bu- first time in 50 years oh my god what a game and oh Giannis, he's just if you don't know who Giannis anatacumpo is his life story is incredible and he just went live on instagram and he bought 50 he just went through the drive-thru at mcdonald's and bought 50 nugs and asked for a coke with no ice and i'm like oh my god that's what you get when you're the nba finals mvp that's what you get to do like 50, 50 nugs it comes right in the cup <laughs> yeah, no ice though those are hot nugs not cold nugs <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, so I guess moving on from Pokemon Go, Nick, uh, would you want to talk a little bit about the Spirit Fair doc? Uh, now that it's kind of out in the wild to, to give people sort of a little behind the scenes of, of what went into that. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know if we were going to even end up doing a doc for 2021 because you know, the pandemic and all that. And we, we were trying to set up one earlier in the year. We were going to do a remote doc on the, the Black Mesa remake. And it kind of the logistics of it were just kind of hard because like their entire team was spread out all over the world, uh, and it, that turned out to be too difficult. So put that one on the back burner, and then uh, lined up Spirit Fair and, and like lined up. You know, I emailed them. I'm like 24 hours later, like, yeah, let's do it. Like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> so uh, it's actually it was actually surprising to me that like doing a documentary remotely is actually a lot harder than just going to the studio and doing it. Uh, because one, one of the ways like you, when you're doing the interviews, right. Uh, the way, the way I do them and God, anybody that like wants an organized thing is don't work with me. Uh, basically I have a story document and I have like broad questions. So like, here, tell me about this, tell me about this. And then when we start doing the interviews, it's just kind of a branching conversation. It's almost like, you know, it visualize like a video game, right? Like you go, this way and then they they say something and then i go talk to the next person and i i take that same thing that they started a branch on and be keep building the branches and all that and that's how you get those those threading storylines where 
everybody's kind of telling the same story but with a different perspective and that's how you get that nice flow of like here's this what happened and somebody adds their piece to it and that's what happened and, and then uh i think like we did a really good job with that the darkest dungeon documentary um so the spirit fair documentary was like that but like remotely it's really hard to do that because you have a set time to do the interview i have to get everything done in that one interview and then i can't really you know they're they're busy so i'm not going to be able to just keep going back and calling them again you know uh, and at least when i go to the studio somebody says something like oh i missed it i can go talk to them again just pull them back in front of the camera and keep going uh so i'm actually really surprised the spirit fair documentary turned out as good as it did just because like that was tough uh but yeah we're, we're really happy with how that turned out i'm not happy with the views on it right now because youtube algorithm just is not pushing it uh and i haven't gotten the the social attention to it that i really wanted to get to it which maybe <laughs> I, I, I i i may have overestimated how many people have played spirit fair i know there's a lot but i don't know like you know it's not like darkest dungeon levels of popularity i don't think yeah, it's funny. I feel like everyone, like a lot of us at the Escapist played it and loved it. And yeah. obviously, like it was Yahtzee's game of the year, right? Yeah. But I feel like that was almost like we were inside our own bubble for that. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I know, I don't, I think that they didn't tell me like the full sales numbers, but I don't think it's crossed that million mark yet. Yeah. Well, it was uh, also Game Pass day one. Yeah, it was a Game Pass so, game. Yeah. yeah. And also, is it available on PlayStation or was it an exclusive on console? I don't, I don't, I don't think, think it's, it's on PlayStation. PlayStation. Yeah. So that's a yeah. That might be another reason why maybe the audience yeah well a little smaller yeah. And and the the nice thing about like those documentaries like uh, they always get a boost when like the game goes uh, to a new platform or whatever and then people play it again and it kind of becomes in people's minds again. But yeah, like it's just I I thought I thought that would be an easy one to do a hundred thousand views on and I'm like damn like we're under twenty thousand in the first forty eight hours and the algorithm's not picking it up. Oof oof so much work so. <laughs> i think it'll get there eventually eventually yeah i mean well, yeah i mean the in like the darkest dungeon doc has three hundred thousand views now and only did thirty four thousand views in the first day too uh, it's also like the only spirit ferret doc i think out there so it's yeah, not it like is. you're competing with like a review that hits embargo and 500 video reviews go up um, yeah well the, the most it is really good it is really good like and, and that's not just because i, I work with people <laughs> who worked on it and not because i well Same partly like because i really love it. <laughs> yeah no uh no when i don't like something the escapist i just don't talk about it it's fine yeah. <laughs> i just don't bring it up uh but no i thought it, i think it's a genuinely uh a genuinely good story and uh the editing's great the music's great like uh, omar crushed it and i think uh you don't need to have played the game you will appreciate it i think more if you have played mm-hmm. the game but uh yeah. like casey you were talking about watching it with uh, your fiance yeah i, I don't know because she, she also it. wants to watch it because mm-hmm. i've been talking to her about how good everyone is saying it is so she's like oh yeah. i want to watch it too wait for mm-hmm. me and then you know that's that nail in the coffin <laughs> that basically sends it down the road for whenever yeah. we're both free yeah, yeah. have the time to start. Uh, october is, 5th uh, that we can watch it yeah <laughs> yeah I, li- I really like like danny's docs and no clip but he gets in like to the super technical kind of parts mm-hmm. of games and i try to keep it more easier to follow more simple you know and, yeah. and like that human story but uh mm-hmm. like the only the only thing i like the main thing why i think our documentaries just flow a little bit better in his is having that original soundtrack in there it makes it just makes everything feel really cohesive because mm-hmm. uh, when you're just trying to use like audio network music or whatever and, and make it work it doesn't work so much but when you have the music like following the beats of the actual story it's like i don't know there's that flow yeah, it's there composed that yeah have. yeah but still love his docs. His Demon Souls doc was great. But yeah, oh, yeah. No, it's uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, we just lined up our next project yesterday. 
for the end of this year. It's going to be really exciting. I can't talk about it yet. But uh, and per- we also Persona have- 6? It's not Persona 6? And Persona 10. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, did say, Atlas did say they have seven Persona announcements planned for the next year. So that, oh, that could God. get us to Persona 10. So that tracks. Yeah. And then uh, lining up docs for 2022, we've, we've got one. And I'm really excited about where we're going. I also can't talk about that one. And then I have another one that the development team is mulling over this week. And if we get it, the channel's really going to be excited about that one. Can you not talk about the one because it's going to space in the penis rocket? <laughs> you, you, didn't, you got scared of what I said. Uh, I don't actually. I'm not going to actually kill the rich. I'm not. I don't. I can't do that. Did you? You almost said I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, I said I'm not. I was going to say I'm not capable of that, but I, was like, I guess I'd be capable if like I needed to. <laughs> well, if it was like the rich like you're, versus like, the, the you're in a hand-to-hand combat the rich. with Jeff Bezos, <laughs> would you kill him? That's the question. Would be if it was like him or me, I would try. I, think. I wouldn't be <laughs> like to, Jeffrey Bezos. We just need, we just need a Mortal Kombat movie with the rich in it. That sounds great. That sounds like there's a, your, like there's your the real purge, crossover. I guess yeah. <laughs> they would all show up in like mech suits or something. Shit! <laughs> oh no, he went full Austin Powers. I gotta do the. I gotta do the. I gotta do the editor in chief thing. The escapist does not condone the killing of the rich. Great, highly highly recommend the Spirit Fair doc as well as Spirit Fair as a whole, as well as the previous docs that. Uh, uh, the team has done at Gameumentary and have been brought over to the Escapist as well. Most of them are on the site or on the YouTube now, right? Yeah, they're all on the playlist on YouTube now. <sighs> Very cool. Yeah, uh, I want that. I want that Divinity one to cross a hundred thousand views. Damn it, it's like three thousand views away. I can't believe that one doesn't have a hundred thousand views on it. And I also want to go back out to Belgium to go film a, that documentary on Baldur's Gate three. So if you you're listening, to, you just want to go to Belgium. Yeah, I do. Their beer is fantastic. <laughs> oh yeah, you were talking about beer. Oh yeah. So yeah, we we, we, we talked about the the very first episode that we were going to go try different craft beers. I think I'm the only one, Marty. I don't know if you tried any, but I had a Corona uh, <laughs> with a lime because that's what family drinks in Fast and the Furious. Yikes! <laughs> God, you are a meme. You are the meme. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> But uh, what did you, what did you, well, have? first off, I, I want to do some background on this real quick. So I know Casey, you don't drink beer. You drink water. Uh, I barely even drink that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you don't, you're dehydrated all the time. Do you just not drink liquids? <laughs> What's going on? You don't no, drink I, that I, I either, love right? juice. I drink water because I have to, I drink juice because I want to. What's like, the top, what's like your top tier juice? juice? Top juice. Oh, top juice. Uh, that you got, got to hit me with that cran apple. Ooh, okay, cran apple's good real good. It's so yeah. good. But uh, all right, so Marty, what is your craft beer palate? Uh, I used to when I was in my like early twenties, I was really into uh, IPAs. Like when I moved out to San Francisco, there's a bunch of incredible breweries and microbreweries out there, and so uh, like I would drink Racer Five all the time, and I'd go to like beer bars, and I'd get excited when like Pliny the Elder and Pliny the Younger came mm. for the year. Um, now that I've gotten older, uh, my tastes have just cheapened. And really I, yeah like legitimately it's like the opposite direction i thought i could go in uh and so like now legitimately like i i, I like like corona and, and miller genuine draft like like yeah. a like a weird plebe casey did you happen to try an ipa as your first beer because that would explain why you don't like beer 
No, it wouldn't. I don't know why people keep trying to explain this <laughs> for me. Like I've explained it multiple times. I don't like the taste, point blank, period. <laughs> like alcohol right. always tastes like alcohol to me. Yeah. Uh, whether it's beer, liquor, whatever. Like I dislike it. Right. Uh, all right. As far as my palate goes, I am the opposite of Marty. I have gotten more expenses as I've gotten older because I was in a fraternity in college and you start off with that natty light and Bud Light, and it, you know, once you go craft beer, that stuff t- literally tastes like piss water. Uh, so I have not gone back to that. Uh, <laughs> if, if I if I'm just wanting like a simple craft beer, I'll stick with Blue Moon. Uh, but I, the one thing that I've really been going around and trying is uh, stouts. Uh, and I don't know how many stouts you've tried, Marty. Are you big into like darker beers? Uh, I am not. No, those are winter beers. So if you're drinking a stout when it's like 90 degrees outside, what's what's going on there? <laughs> I, I, I I drink a stout to like finish off the night. It's not something I'll, okay. I'll drink all night because it's so heavy. They're so heavy. Yeah, it'd be like Just, drinking like several milkshakes in a row. And it's like, what's yeah, going on? It's, it's, Is everything all right like, at home? It's like lead in your belly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, sounds uh, great, guys. You're, you're really so, selling me on the whole uh, yeah. <laughs> start drinking thing. <laughs> a stout is like a, yeah, it's like a dessert beer. You like finish it off, finish the night off with kind of thing. I like you're crazy and just sit there and drink Guinness all the time, uh, which I know some people do that and oof, oof. But uh, yeah, so I, I have been going up to a meetup trivia group uh, on the week and, and it's at this uh, brewery called Rochester Brewing. Uh, and so they, they obviously brew all their own beers and they don't really have any of the, like, the normal stuff. So the one beer that I've really tried that I really liked is this uh, mocha, or mocha oatmeal porter. And that, and it's uh, it's got like this. It's almost, it really, honestly tastes like a just dark coffee. Uh, and the weird thing about stouts too is like they, I don't, since you haven't had a, you haven't done much with stouts, like the the initial taste is really good, and then you get like the really dry aftertaste after that. <laughs> Again, you're not, you're really not selling it to Casey. <laughs> I, I I feel like. Yeah, honestly, like Casey, if you try to stout, I don't feel like you'd hate it because it doesn't. You don't really get that big alcohol hit you get from like a wheat beer. Uh, it's it's it really like it has enough flavor in it that it really tastes like you're drinking like a coffee. Uh, another like there's also like uh, peanut butter porter stouts. Those are really I mean, good. Fun fact: I also hate the taste of coffee. <laughs> oh well, okay, you don't like anything. No, juice. pineapple, pineapple for yeah. life. <laughs> Do you like happiness, Casey? <laughs> the jury's still out on that. We're still working on yeah. that there. But yeah, I've been I've been trying to like uh, get just I'd like I like going out to just try different beers, uh, see you know what the the flavors are like. Uh, definitely, I don't like IPAs because those are really tart and bitter. Uh, it, actually, funny the Outriders press package they sent came with four IPAs, nastiest fucking beer I've ever tried. Just oof. And like my two buddies, I just gave the cans to my other two buddies and I was sitting there like, you try this. And they're just ooh, full on scrunched up face. And then like, you know, they get farther into like, eh, this is getting better. And then it's like, you get that kick. Like, <laughs> that's what, that's the kind of beer they have on, on Outrider land, whatever the fuck that <laughs> right. was called. I literally can't remember what that planet was called. <laughs> Enoch. <laughs> was it Enoch? Yep. Somehow I remember wow. that. That's amazing. Jeez. I don't know. I definitely don't remember that. Probably because I, I went to like re- three preview events for that game. I don't remember the settings of the games I'm currently playing. Like, I can't tell you the names of the <laughs> yeah. settings of stuff I'm currently Yeah, I was getting yelled at in the comments for not remembering the boss names of Bloodborne. I was like, dude, some days I can't remember my own name. <laughs> yeah, they're all just like ceaseless discharge weird. and like, yeah, yeah, Vicar uh, Amelia. They're not real words. Bloodborne's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... 
Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't really know where we take a craft beer discussion if you're not no. trying craft beer. But hey, <laughs> I we, we're not saying you can't. You can. You can talk about your craft beers all you want. I liked yeah. hearing that story, and I like Marty just like, went all in <laughs> on a Pokemon Go. Like none, yeah. the rest of us <laughs> weren't going to yeah, add yeah. anything to that conversation. <laughs> Marty, are you into like so? You're into lighter beers. It sounds like. Are you? Yeah. you do you like like? Do you drink any like liquors, like bourbon or anything? Uh, Whis- yeah, I, whiskey? I like wh- whiskey and scotch and and vodka. There's I a. Uh, I just like getting drunk. It's fine. It's not a problem. <laughs> I don't have a problem. You have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> There's a uh, a beer that I tried to also a year ago that I'm sure I'm sure somebody listening to this is gonna know. It's it's called White Dragon's Milk. And it's like this vanilla bourbon beer. And it's got like really strong hints of vanilla. And then like the aftertaste is bourbon. Interesting. Yeah. And they, they also just have a, a darker one called Dragon's Milk. Mm, that wasn't like Game of Thrones. Actually, I think, did, right? I think I think I think White Dragon's Milk is literally brewed in Milwaukee, if I'm not mistaken. mistaken. <gasps> the Dragons. No, really? I asked because they they released like limited edition Game of Thrones. I want to say Johnny Walker. Um for the last season. And I remember I bought a bottle, uh, cause it was on sale like six months ago because I think people have stopped caring about game of Thrones and I haven't opened it. And in my mind, I'm like, ah, this will appreciate in value and I will be rich and I will sell this and go to space and then have to kill myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my, probably uh, notoriously bad. Cause it was based on the last season. Oh, dang. <laughs> Shots fired. My, uh, my mom for Christmas two years ago, got me those, those like really nice looking giant, Game of Thrones mugs. Oh, nice. Yeah. But was it uh, was it based on the last season? Did the handle fall off? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it was only it was only half made. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was no bottom. The beer goes yeah. right through. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Dra- Dragon's milk is made out of Holland, Michigan. So not not far from you. No. Yeah. That's they have tons of windmills in Holland, Michigan. <laughs> it is. It's known as like the windmill capital <laughs> <Yeah>. of America. <laughs> I, I can't K- tell K- that's Casey true. judging the Midwest. <laughs> I am not lying. I swear to God. No, because the country of Holland is supposed to be full of windmills, right? No, Holland, Michigan they, is named. Did they just the copy that in Holland, Michigan? They were like, look, it's not the one to be Holland. It's not copying. It's an homage. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually hilarious. I love that. New, yeah. New York is an homage. <laughs> yeah, New York is an homage. <laughs> to, to original New York. <laughs> 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 and then New Jersey's just oh, sorry. There, Jersey. There's an old Jersey. It's you know, like an old that, Jersey. You know that that GIF of like Florida getting cut off the map. New Jersey should just be axed off. The wow! Map. Wow! All this hate. <laughs> Listen, I don't think any of us have like a state leg to stand on, except for me, home of the. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm in Missouri. champions. I'm I'm in Missouri. Like our yeah. entire state should be loaded up in that penis rocket and blown up. <laughs> <laughs> but the arch that's my that's my missouri knowledge the arch uh, yeah I, all every every day more news comes out about this state i'm like why am i living here this really is a state of misery because oh, that's that good. fiber internet right no that, i mean that's literally like the tagline people <laughs> use for the state of missouri is it's a state of misery <laughs> <laughs> and I decided to move here. Yeah, sounds good <laughs> for yeah, my own happiness. Because you said you got that fiber internet. You know I, I, I do. Yep. Yeah, I do. that's the only thing that's important. There you, go. you got that. I had a, I had, uh, you know, you're lucky. You're lucky. I was here to even tell my craft beer story today because I had an Uber driver yesterday that I thought was just going to kill me. What, like what, with his driving or like yeah, <laughs> you really yeah. pissed him off somehow. He kept no. he had like a ball peen hammer that he kept like. 
It's a ball peen hammer. <laughs> Didn't I say ball peen? You said peen. I said peen. You didn't like when I said that. <laughs> Did we say the same thing? You just yelled it and, and like, extended Nick, yes, the I was, peen? Yes, I was Nick sitting added, in, we were playing Fallout 76 and I found the ball peen hammer. And you're like, don't say it like that. I was like, why? It's again, a ball peen your, hammer. Your memory is way better than mine because after we do a stream, I have to I have just, a like, good memory. I Jack drag is it into the recycling bin and just right click escape or uh, <laughs> empty recycling bin. I'm like, well, that was that. <laughs> right click escape. <laughs> right click get That's me the a, fuck oh, out of here. Man, that should have been our new podcast name. Right click to escape. <laughs> <laughs> we fucked up well this is the last episode of breakout tune in next week for right click to escape uh but no yeah i think that uh wraps it up for our topics this week uh you can follow me at mcbiggity on on the social media um we had a uh video a little convo preview that just went up for uh was it aliens fire team elite uh, the yeah. three of us got to play uh, the first act of the upcoming Aliens co-op Left 4 Dead-like game. Yeah, uh, I've been using bad video name, like names lately. I yeah, think it was right it, now. It, it worked as <laughs> Aliens Fire Team. Why did you have to add Elite onto it? Uh, literally, I think they're they're just running out. I think at a X, certain point, the X Aliens like, Fire Team Peen <laughs> Ballhammer Elites. You gotta just throw more peen. If you throw more peen in the game, every, everyone will be fine. Yeah. Uh, I also have a, uh, a video essay on. Uh, it's on the site and it'll be on YouTube shortly. And it's for early access for members on uh, Assassin's Creed Infinity and how I feel like the move to the sort of the games as a service, free to play, whatever Assassin's Creed is going to be, was inevitable for the series and might not necessarily be a bad thing, but could possibly very well be a bad thing. And then I'll and also have on Sky. I'll have a yeah essay on Sky this week as well. It's currently being edited as we speak. Nice. And then, then some previews and reviews next week. Busy, busy. Casey. Uh, Casey. <clears throat> uh, I just had a review go live for Death's Door, a cool new indie game. Um, I liked it a whole lot. Check out my reasons why. Also, I streamed it on the most recent post three MR with Marty. Uh, that was a fun time as we kind of yeah. went through the first two hours of that game. Um, other than that. Uh, maybe by the time this comes out, uh, there will be a Black Widow Marvelous Escape discussion on the site. So check that out as well. And uh, that's all I can think of at the moment. Uh, just follow me on Twitter at SigmaGears9 um, and my Twitch because I also... Oh, here's some news. I'm almost close to getting my Wario into Elite Smash. It was a challenge that was handed out to me several months back and I'm within a stone's throw. Probably Incredible. the next time I stream Smash, he will he will get in there hopefully and i can never play wario again so that's that's what i'm hoping for <laughs> amazing uh you can watch the spirit fairy documentary which is available now for free on our youtube channel uh adventure is nigh our new dragons and or dungeons and dragons series is being received super super well the feedback yes. is beyond positive on that yep. thing it's very funny I'm really excited to see it uh just got the next episode record date set so we're targeting september for a big release for that uh, which should be full of animation because that was one of the things people wanted more of. So we're actually putting all three of our key editors on that to really flesh it Ooh. out. And, and other than that, uh, yep, Fire Team Elite, Peen Hammer re- preview. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to name this episode title Peen Hammer. <laughs> uh, 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 that's it. Yeah, I don't know what else is coming up. I don't know what we're doing. That's great. Better name, better name it Peen Hammer than Kill the Rich. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Kill the Rich with Peen Hammers. Oh, no. <laughs> 
All right. For uh, Casey, Nick, uh, this is Marty. Thank you so much for tuning in to Breakout Episode 3, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.